It's quite a sight, isn't it? Something so simple in design, yet powerful in its message. We all know why Jesus Christ died on that cross, but he did not deserve what he was given. He should not have suffered a horrific death, him the least of all people. Since when did majesty deserve to suffer so much for us? Us small people, and don't kid yourself, we're small, (laughs) sentenced our perfect king to the cross. In today's culture, that would be considered treason. We would face life imprisonment. How do you feel how unfair Jesus' death was? Yet God tells us to be joyful of his death. How? We've killed Jesus Christ, God's own son. How are we supposed to be joyful about that? Come on, all-knowing God. You've got an answer to this. But he does have an answer. He knew we would need a saviour. He knew we would continue to sin until the end of our days. The only way in which our sins can be accounted for is if someone paid the cost of our sinfulness. However, it couldn't be anyone. It had to be someone who didn't have any illicit dealings with the devil, someone who could redeem us from the fiery pit that is hell. This person had to live on earth, be limited to what humans can do, but still do what no one has done before. Need any clues? Allow me to give a brief introduction about him. Fact number one, Jesus was born on Christmas Day. First one, in fact. Fact number two, his stepfather was Joseph and his mother was Mary. Fact number three, you can find out plenty more things if you read your Bible. (laughs) Jesus, we all know, had 12 disciples. A clan, a group, a family, whatever you want to call it, But to him, they were the closest people he had in his lives. Brothers, they were to him. But wait. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, wasn't overly fussed about the special bonds they have. In fact, he used it to get a bit of money, you know, line his pockets. He betrays Jesus to the Romans. He sells him short. Jesus is taken to Pontius Pilate, who doesn't understand what Jesus has done wrong. But he was going to release him. However, he couldn't just do that because it was the day of Passover where the people of Jerusalem would get to choose who would be crucified. And boy, do they have a treat in store. They could choose between Jesus, who hasn't done anything wrong, hasn't hurt anyone, just ticked off some Jewish groups, or rather, Barabbas, who took part in a rebellion and was guilty of murder. A man who would commit homicide, given the opportunity. However, such was the enmity towards Jesus. Barabbas was given freedom, and Jesus was left to be crucified. Sweet justice. Jesus was stripped down naked, whipped 39 times in the back, each time ripping his skin apart. He had a crown of thorns rammed onto his head, causing as much pain as possible And you think your headache is bad. He had to carry the cross, an incredibly heavy burden, on his already raw back to Calvary, whilst people swore at him, spat at him, mocked him. And when they arrived, Jesus' hands, wrists and legs were nailed to the cross, breaking skin 
and bone and muscle. On the screen, you should see a picture. It looks horrific, something out of a horror movie. That's our God. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And it's because of the cross our sins are removed. But how is this possible? We have arguments with people all the time. It could be over which colour you want your living room walls to be, or what prioritises between buying a new car and a pet turtle. But as much as you want the animal in the shop window, your spouse seems to think that your 1977 Ford Mondeo needs replacing. So what do you do? Do you keep persisting and hope they cave in? Or do you try and compromise? Be the peacemaker. If you're married, it's usually the latter. You then realize afterwards, actually, this new Audi is much better than Freddy the Turtle, even if he can do a handstand. And it's like that with God, isn't it? We thought we had a better life, nice cars, beautiful houses, a wealth of money, but God is saying no. He is saying, my children, you are actually hurting yourself and me. I know the way to real joy, but you have to trust me. But we didn't, did we? From the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve existed, we disobeyed God, we argued with God. I think the perspective we take is that Jesus is like the queen, a figurehead who we are keen to point out is the royalty, but we are the prime minister, the people with the real power. Yes, Jesus, you are king of this land, however, I have the authority. And this isn't like disobeying parents or friends' advice. You are disobeying all-knowing majesty. You are, we are arguing with someone who created the heavens and the earth. You are disobeying someone who hates sin, who wants nothing more to do with it. And yet, we think we are fine without him. We can continue our lives as normal. But why not, Alex? He just said God hates sin. And we have sinned many times. Surely that means we're destined to hell. Don't think here, Grace. See, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. It is because of Jesus Christ we can have a loving relationship with an all-powerful God who can move mountains, raise the dead to life, even make turtles do handstands. God is being the peacemaker. He wants us to come back to him. To help us recognize that our soul is the most precious thing we have. God wants to be both the prime minister and the monarch in our lives. And we must let him be that. So we know God is reconciling us, but sincerity doesn't send us to heaven, as this story will show. So after a long day in which British prisoners of war had been forced by the Japanese to work with little time to rest or eat, the POWs were sent back to camp and made to stand in line. When the Japanese guards began shouting at them, when they had left in the morning, they had taken 15 pigs with them. Only 14 had returned. One had been stolen. Who was responsible? The men stood silent. The guard raised his voice and gesticulating wildly and told them that unless the culprit admitted his crime, they would all be shot. 
all die, all die, he was screaming. One man, an Argyle and Sutherland Highlander, quietly stepped forward and was beaten to death with a rifle butt. Later, when the tools were counted again, it was discovered that someone had made a mistake. They were all there. Nothing was missing. So, the dead soldier, presumably, he died for nothing? No, definitely not. He died for all the prisoners of war. He gave his own life so that others might live. And as Jesus himself said, that is the greatest act of love that anyone could ever show. Very famous verses in Isaiah 53 which predict the coming of Jesus and the impact he was going to have on earth. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. These verses most poetically describe how Jesus substituted his own life to pay the penalty for our sin. This was the greatest act of sacrificial love ever made because it was God who died on that cross. He didn't die for you. He didn't die for me. He died for all of us. But the effect of his death can only include us if we turn to him in faith and trust. Have you done that? Have you come to the cross and asked to be forgiven yet? But what does it mean to be redeemed? When the Romans were trying to conquer the world, they had a market for slaves. So if wealthy people knew, needed a new slave, they would go to the market and auction for one. Or alternatively, if they were feeling generous, they could pay for the slave to be set free. However, that would only be possible if a wealthy person paid a ransom. Sounds pretty horrendous that in this day and age, uh, of slaves. I mean, not too long ago, there was a song saying about 27 million people suffering from human trafficking. But yet, unfortunately, it is true. Did Paul and Rachel Chandler ring a bell? Several years back, they were on holiday when they were abducted by Somalian pirates, not the swashbuckling pirates you see on kids' TV, really terrifying men who were terrorists on water. They were trapped for just over a year on a ship in the ocean, and it could have been for so much longer if it wasn't for the British government who paid a ransom for them to be set free, to no longer be bound to the pirates. And in our spiritual lives, we are also being held hostage by a devil, throttling us, bending us to submit to him. But the only problem is he causes pain, anguish, hatred. He knows not of love or of joy, he wants us enslaved to him so he can use us to mock God to show what control he has over us. But he is not winning. We know Jesus is willing to put himself in our place to set us free from the devil's hands and to live a free life. In return, Jesus put himself into death's hands and became obedient to him. The only way this transaction has been made possible is because he lived a perfect life. Our slate that counts all our sins has been wiped clean and has been put on Jesus' instead. Christ's death on the cross and was and is the perfect response to our dire need of a redeemer. Here's the fun part. 
last week when I was helping out the showstoppers, David Waters told us a story in which every time he said a certain person, you had to make a certain noise. So, like if I said, David, you would all say, hooray. Shall we practice that? Oh, fantastic. So, David was a shepherd. Okay, good. And one day, David went up against the big and scary Goliath. David him with a slingshot and rock. You get a general idea. Now, I need you all to stand up. If you can't, it's not vital. It's only to get the lungs going. Now this time, rather than David, it's going to be Jesus. Okay? Simple. Everyone got it? Hey, who did that? So Jesus was born in Bethlehem. His parents, Mary and Joseph, wanted Jesus to be a carpenter. But Jesus wasn't born to make tables. <laughs> he came to save the Jewish. However, when they rejected him, Jesus decided to save the Gentiles instead. To do this, Jesus had to live a perfect life. 